What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It is Rachel Silver Cohen with Dr. Boca. So you know what that means. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. How goes Dr. B? How are you? It's going well. I've missed you so much. This is literally the first time to our listeners that I'm seeing Rachel in probably close to a month. And we had an unexpected hiatus with a lot of transitions. I can't wait to hear all about because literally, besides not seeing you, Rachel, I have not even spoken to you on a regular basis. So we have a lot to catch up on. Okay, well, then let's just start unpacking. Speaking of unpacking, I guess we took a hiatus only because we had the move. I guess our last episode, we were talking about that my kids and I were making another transition and moving into a new home. So you know that expression, how it started and then how it's going, (laughs) right? So this month has seemed much longer than a month, but I am happy to report that we are actually as settled as someone who's unpolished can be. So we are unpolishedly settled. So I'm happy about that. It was a long road to get here, but I feel good with the exception of the fact that I am, to the listeners out there, and this is not hyperbole, I am in a complete supine position right now, lying face up on my bed, just holding the microphone because my back is killing me. And the move, while I know you and I, Dr. Boca, had kind of broken down the wreckage of the emotional angst of moving... I did pretty okay with that aspect of it. The physical move, I guess I didn't really prepare myself as much for. We all think we're young and strong and able and willing and we can do it all. At least that's what I think. I was going to say, I don't think that about myself, but I'm glad you have those positive thoughts. I did. I felt very confident about that. And now my poor back feels otherwise. So I'm tired physically. The move took a lot out of me. And when you have two young, strong, healthy teenage boys that in a seemingly alternate universe would be two wonderful helpers and (laughs) their help level on the Richter scale of zero to none is more on the none than helpful. That's a little bit of a bummer. And I kind of thought maybe we could talk about this entitlement piece of these kids these days because that's something I'm kind of trying to talk myself off the ledge of a little bit. Look, I... There must be about four or five days a week that I bring up the entitlement issue. There's a lot of times when I sit here and I say, well, it's only got to be where we live. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's other places, but it must be magnified where we live because I literally am having this conversation with people almost every day. The entitlement is out of control. And I wonder, what are we doing differently that our parents didn't do? What is going on here? It is out of control. So yes, I would love to break down that wreckage with you if that's where you want to go today. And I'm going to say, and this isn't now I have the answers because I don't. I think we all just have constant questions. And I think probably the healthy way to work through it is to just keep asking the questions. And Mm -hmm. we all kind of, if we're in the boat together, let's all kind of figure out how to paddle appropriately, right? To your point of, I think it's just our area. I disagree with that. I do think it's probably all over in whatever is most like our socioeconomic similarities and 
familiarities and things of that nature. And for those listening, when you're like, well, where are you? Let us just throw out there that we are in Boca Raton, Florida. So (laughs) it's not like a really hot place at all, literally and metaphorically. Everybody down here, it's a hundred degrees out here. It is a hundred percent humidity but it is a higher socioeconomic status. It is definitely suburbia and it equates to other areas, both in the Northeast, Midwest and West that we can all think of some of those specific suburbs. Right. So yeah, so Boca, and a lot of times people hear Boca and it's like, oh God, mic drop. Like (laughs) it's Boca, it's Boca's fault. I'm not going to blame Boca. I think I'm just going to blame all the people who have migrated here from wherever we've all come from. I'm not from... Florida per se, my roots, you know, we've talked about that in the past. I'm a northerner, tried and true in my heart, but here I am raising my kids here. And when I hear them say Florida and orange, (laughs) I freak out because I'm like, what is happening with your accent? And my whole life, people made fun of my northern accent, but their Floridian accent just drives me insane. But speaking of driving insane, so here's just a couple things. And I guess sometimes, you know, we're a little bit bolder when our kids aren't around. As the years have gone by, I guess with the blog, I was doing so much writing about the trials and tribulations of being a parent and motherhood as it relates to raising children. And then I kind of shied away a touch for a multitude of reasons. But one in particular is that the older they got and the more access they had and do have now to social media, I was like scared of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I wanted to share the stories, but then I didn't want the backlash from them. And I wasn't sure if I was crossing a line, kind Mm -hmm. of, right? I just didn't know. And there were some critics over the years that would say to me, my God, what do your kids think about XYZ? Or Mm -hmm. what did they say about the thing you wrote about ABC, et cetera, et cetera. And I started hesitating a little bit, which you and I have talked about authenticity. And I question sometimes, well, if I'm thinking it and feeling it and breathing it, but I'm not talking about it, does it speak to authenticity or the lack of, or is that just a privacy thing? And so A, I'm not sure, but you can Mm -hmm. answer that. But B, back to like why I feel so bold that I want to kind of retell some of this unpolished storytelling of what happened with the move and these entitled babies of mine, who I love so dearly, (laughs) is because they've finally flown the coop after a year and a half and now they're gone for the summer. So I feel a little bit... Well, I feel liberated that if I talk about them behind their back and they don't have access to their technology, (laughs) maybe I can get away with sharing some of this to A, help me, but B, and of course that is the goal, to help others and kind of feel as though we're not all alone and that we are all in it together. So so the A piece, the number one piece, which I've now forgotten that you were going to speak on. Oh, oh, the authenticity. What are sure. your thoughts on that, Dr. Boca? Well, I think we, you know, it's something that you and I have touched on about what can we say and what can't we say because our kids are listening to this. I do think it's important to be authentic. And I've had conversations with my daughter um, in particular because my son has no interest in what I'm, I'm doing here he would rather be playing basketball or doing his own thing, that they have to understand that, you know, this is not us ripping my children apart or your children apart or any children apart. This is we love them. And we just are hoping that people can, like you said, benefit from the experiences that we're going through. So I do think that one of the things that you and I have prided ourselves on is being authentic on this, unlike some of the other podcasts and blogs and other other media Uh, formats that are out there, I'm not sure that people are very authentic. And what I've heard in our feedback is that people appreciate the fact that we would make ourselves vulnerable and be authentic on air. 
I do think there's a conversation that needs to be had. And I was going to make a joke. Your kids are gone, but mine's home listening. So I'll make sure that she doesn't reach out to your kids when they come <laughs> home and sell them. Okay. But it was funny today because my daughter mentioned to me when she heard that I was going to be recording again, she goes, you know, you met somebody through Rachel and I happened to be sitting with her daughter the other day at school. And she mentioned that she was listening to the podcast or something and didn't realize that my daughter's mom was Dr. Boca. Like she didn't have a connection together. So that generation's listening. And I do think that we have to kind of just like as a therapist, when I'm with my patients, I'm still human and we still have to talk about certain things, but I have to kind of have two lenses on while I'm doing it, being mindful that my personal biases in the therapy room can't come out. And the same way with when we're doing this, I just have to be mindful of the fact that I might say something or you might say something that my child may not be able to process or may take it the wrong way, or there may be backlash towards them. And it's something that I spoke to my husband about before I started this and something that I'll have to continue to talk to my children about as they get a little bit older. So before I jump in and use my own stories as a scapegoat and my children entitlement as the guinea pig here, I want to point out when you had said the listeners, I just want to give a quick shout out because we haven't been on in a while. I want to give a quick shout out to Denver, Colorado. Oh, And yeah, we have listeners in Denver, Colorado. And I just want to say hi and thank you. Over our break and hiatus, my brother and sister-in-law and my niece and nephew were here and we had such a fun visit and they reiterated that some friends of theirs they've listened to every episode and so on and so forth. And that gave me a big smile. So I just want to say thank you and keep listening to the Denver, Colorado crew. And just one little quick anecdote, my sister-in-law, who's been listening, hey, sister-in-law, they were at the house for a brunch and she's like, I, I want to see your setup. Like, let me see the, the whole podcast get up. And I was like, <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? You may want to like take notes here. Hold on. It's a whole to do. So in the meantime, insert sarcasm, I get out my Lulu bag. bag. <laughs> That's like 40 years old. And I pull out the laptop and a wire and my little rinky dink microphone, microphone here. And I'm like, here you go. <laughs> this is the studio. The only thing we're missing is that typically I do this from the garage. So we got a kick out of it and we got a great laugh. But um, again, just a shout out to all the listeners near and far who have been sticking with us. We appreciate you and we're thrilled to be back and keep listening. Absolutely. And we're sorry we abandoned you. It was not expected of us to be taking as many weeks off, but it was necessary to get Rachel settled as unpolishedly polished or as polishedly unpolished as she has. And I was able to take a little break and focus in on my kids. So it was nice. See, that's the doctor in you. You're like apologizing. And that's great. You're the yin to my yang on that. I'm not apologizing. I can only do what I can do. And my life has been so twisted and turned upside down that, guys, I love you all, but I'm really not apologizing. Well, and that's why we work the way we work, yep, So sorry, not sorry. So, <laughs> all right. So let's jump in. So how it started and how it's going. So the move. So we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. We all know that I am a complete control freak. And Uh-oh. I want to do it myself, but I want to be asked the question, which is, hey, mom, can I help? Right. And and maybe not even just with kids, maybe in all relationships, maybe some of us who are so high strung, type A, control oriented, we just maybe this is being loved piece. Maybe this is an abandonment issue that I might have lurking somewhere. I don't know. Maybe this is just wanting to feel appreciated and the respect piece I know we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But I kind of just want to be 
heard, Mm -hmm. right? So, hey, mom, is there anything I can do? And my kids are smart enough to know that 99.9% of the time, the answer is going to be like, no, 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 I got it. Okay. So like, why don't you just ask? That's number one. So they never asked at all? Well, they kind of did a little after the screaming and yelling that I'm going to be honest that I did kind of have to have because I absolutely was a Vildahaya. Do you know? You know I don't know what that is. What oh, Vildahaya is like a lunatic. It's like oh. Yiddish for like you crazy I I knew fucking lunatic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a picture of you next to it. Okay. Yeah, probably. Of that in the dictionary. Um, so I'm um, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and I've absolutely decided that if I was moving from Florida to say Denver, Colorado or New York City or any other state for that matter, the move probably would have been easier than moving around the corner. It's of deceiving. Course. Absolutely. When you move around the corner. Oh, no, no, it's cool. I could just do it myself. I'm going to make 14,000 trips and no big deal. And I, I need the movers for sure, but I only need them for like the quote unquote big, big things at the end, right? So no. my kids make fun of me that I my car, we call it a golf cart. It's like, oh, we, and you and I have talked about this also. <laughs> yes. right? So I would pack up the car about 37 times, back and forth and back and forth. Basically, I was like Sanford and Son, okay? And <laughs> that we should have recorded. I might have a video popping around that I kind of just like took of myself. Like, again, how it started, how it's going. How did my life turn into the fact that I'm now Fred Sanford? <laughs> right? Like, what is happening? And Lamont, I think, is like his son. Lamont, who, aka my kid, Ben, was like napping the whole day. <laughs> like, not helping. And it got to a point, it was a Saturday afternoon... I'm on my 15th trip and it's only nine o'clock in the morning because of course I'm up at 5 a.m. And I needed help moving a rug. Now in hindsight, could the movers have done that piece of the puzzle? Of course, but I'm a martyr and I wanted to do it myself. But I couldn't, I physically couldn't. You needed another human being to help, right? So I guess I just, my barometer of polished to unpolished goes very quickly. It's like a BMW, <laughs> zero to 80 in 32 seconds, right? Okay. So I thought I was okay with the fact that no one was helping until I wasn't. Mm. And I came inside and I went batch it unpolished and I screamed upstairs to my kid, could you please wake up? I need your help. And, uh, and he races out of his room and what, mom, what, what's the problem? And I said, the problem is is that I really could use your help. Do you not see that we're moving here and we're in the process of great change? And could you just get out of bed and help me? For It would be one thing if he was a 15-year-old young lady who really wasn't physically strong enough to help. But this kid is a grown man practically. Yes. And I was pissed. And he, this is what he said to me with a straight face. The disclaimer here is that I love this child more than I love anything in the world, right? But there's a disconnect. Because he said to me, okay, with a straight face, oh, sorry, mom, I was having somewhat of a lazy day. Okay. <laughs> well, I looked at him and I know you think it's funny and it would be funny if it wasn't my child. Of course. Okay. Of course. But I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, gee, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know that you were having, a, I'm glad one of us is having a lazy day. Are you kidding me? Get your ass out of bed and fucking help me. So that was number one. And it just, I kind of know the answer that it's my own fault, that yes. I want to make it all great for them. Yes. Instead of saying, the way I'm going to make it great for you in the long run is, is you're going to you get this. your ass out of bed on a Saturday morning and you're going to help your mom because you live in this new house also. Yes. So that was, that was number one. But um, just, I, I want to just put out there, 
you're not alone in that. And I do think that that's the difference between what our parents did and what we do is our parents didn't give a flying fig Newton what if it was going to upset us, if we weren't happy, it was going to be the way that they wanted it to be. And we were going to follow suit. And they told us to jump. And we said, how high? With respect. Mm-hmm. And it was about what our parents wanted. It was never, a, there was never a choice given to us. There was never, do you want to go here? Do you want to help me? Do you not want to help me? Like, we did what they said. And our generation is all about making our kids comfortable and happy and not... um not imposing on them. And so I do think that that's something that we all have created. Well, let me ask you a question. And this now really put your doctor hat on because the question then becomes this. If our entire generation is doing just what I'm doing, like, you know, God forbid our kids shouldn't be happy and we're doing everything in our power to, to keep everything straight, and narrow and, and, and perfect for them. And, and the word perfect, I use loosely, but you right, know what understood. I mean. Is that because when we talk about our own layers of our own childhood, that we're trying, and maybe not consciously, Absolutely. but it is because when we were growing up, where were we our were, quote unquote, <laughs> on the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, where were our parents? How many of us are latchkey children? How many of us were begging and vying for our, our parents' attention? And they like jetted off someplace and left us hanging. Um, absolutely. We wanted to, you know, how many times do you say, I'm going to do it differently than my parents did? You know, you put, and I don't, again, I don't think this is a conscious thing. Like you said, I think, you know, the pendulum swings in the other direction and we try to make choices. And I also think that we've gotten softer as a society. So it's, the same disciplinary actions that our parents used to take on us are no longer available or viable. Not that my parents ever hit me, but you know, you would send your kids to school and they would be disciplined. Disciplined meaning they would have to follow rules and they would have to be X, Y, and Z. And now because of society, it's just very different and the, the teachers don't have the ability and the principals don't have the ability to do that. And so they're not, they're getting, it's softer in school, it's softer at home. And so collectively, it's just become a softer thing. And again, it goes back to the internet and social media and all of the technology piece of it. We didn't know what else was going on. And so we, you know, we just kind of thought that our parents were ignoring us. And now the other kids know, oh, well, Johnny got to do this and Lizzie got to do this. And we as a generation now are competing with one another to try to do better better in quotes, since you all listeners can't see me, better in quotes, and so that our kids are happier and cooler and fit in more and we're doing a disservice to them. And the thing that's cool, and thank you for that, I agree with that. And as you were talking, I was in my mind remembering from my childhood growing up, we used to call our family, each other, the note family. Okay. And my parents were like, you know, there were no cell phones back then or anything. And my parents would just like, oh, and all of us, we all would, we would leave a note to say where we were going. And that was kind of it. The interesting thing is, I guess it is kind of fun to then be like, oh, well, in my generation, you know, my parents threw me outside and said, shovel the backyard, you know, the the driveway with snow and it was 18 degrees outside and don't come in till it's done. And Mm -hmm. then I'm going to check it and it's not good enough. You're going to do it more. And I, that's probably why I live in Florida because I was scarred (laughs) from the freezing cold weather. But that that's just what I knew. I was right. always, they were in charge. It was their way or the highway. And the hierarchy was what it was. The interesting thing is that I kind of think it's cool now and cool as defined by maybe just eye-opening and now kind of maybe getting that second shot that my goal in whatever my new relationships will be on a go forward would be to 
attempt to mirror the type of relationship that my mom and dad had where they came first. And it doesn't mean you don't love your children, but the hierarchy, I do think in hindsight, their generation did get it right. And we, and by we, I am putting myself at the top of the list here. I'm screwing it up all day long. And one of the reasons amongst many that potentially, and I say in my air quotes, potentially, maybe one of the reasons that my marriage failed was because I got sucked into this generation of kids first, kids first, kids first, kids first, and not doing what I quote unquote should have been doing in the way of partnership comes first. I don't know. I'm kind of just making that up. I do think about that. But so that leads me to example number one, okay, how it started how it's going. So now we're in the midst of the move, the day of the actual move. I've already done the majority of the work on my own, on my own, literally on my own. Okay. And the kids are in school. It was a school day. And we started, I guess, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. These big three strong guys come and they're real movers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, hiring a a moving company. My kids are at school. It's now four o'clock in the afternoon. So you do the math. All these hours have gone by. And as we mentioned earlier, we live in Boca Raton. It's not cold here, folks. It's 120 degrees and everyone is dripping sweat. And in my defense of just being motherly, these three men who have been working their asses off, I've now become their surrogate mom for the day with the water and feeding them and ordering (laughs) them food. And you have to have your sustenance and, and, and do you guys want to pause for a minute and let me feed you? And, you know, and they were thrilled to have the water and the pizza and the sandwiches and whatever. So it's now four o'clock in the afternoon and my kids come home from school and we're not even close to being done. Okay. We're just not. I mean, the house looks like a bomb went off, right? And my kids were in the garage and I hear my kids start whispering to each other. Uh-oh. And I hear kid number one say to kid number two, that sucks but kind of like under his breath. So me being, you know, my bark is bigger than my bite. Oh my God, it sucks. What sucks? You don't like the house. What are, you, you don't like it here. Oh my God, we're working so hard. I say to them, what sucks? What are you unhappy with? And there was a pause and it was a little awkward because like they're afraid of me, but they're not really afraid of me. And I right. kind of like it if they're afraid of me because I equate being afraid with respect. I sure. just do, right, wrong or indifferent. So they look at me and kid number two says, Oh, sorry, mom. We thought you'd be done by now. (laughs) (laughs) So they were going to come in. The house was going to be all perfect put together. They were Mm going to have to lift a finger. Everything was going to be exactly where they needed it to be. And we thought it'd be done by now. So I said, Oh, again, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you thought it would be done by now. And it's not. I said, Let me tell you something. I said, You see these three strong guys here that are dripping sweat and they haven't taken their foot off the gas since eight o'clock this morning? I said, You could learn a thing or two from these three guys. These are the hardest working men in show business. Why don't you roll up your sleeves and pitch in a little bit, put a little hair on your chest? I said, I'm liable to have you work for these guys over the summer. I mean, that, you know, they could have called my bluff in two seconds. I was trying to to just make a point. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry the job isn't done. And these guys are working their asses off. And you think it sucks that we're not done. So this is the point. And again, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I love my children. They're the product of me. So I am saying that I guess I am partially to blame for the comment that came out of my child's mouth. And I am being the guinea pig here, folks, to lay it out that this is what my flesh and blood said to me. Okay? He looked at me. He didn't miss a beat. And he said, Mom, that's their job. 
<gasps> That's what they get paid to do, right? Oi. Okay. <sighs> so I basically lost my shit. Remember several episodes ago where you told me to like think it through before you react? Okay. Yeah. There was no thinking it through. I literally wanted to take him by the neck and wring it. Right. Okay. Sure, sure. Out of my mind. And at that point, I said, I lost and I'll refrain from the the slang dirt language <laughs> that came out of my mouth, okay? Because I oh, I was sure. ready to lose it, okay? I'm sure. So I, my, my Miami trip is remnant of this or reminiscent. Reminiscent. Reminiscent, I okay. Can't, I can't speak today, but yes, I, I'm fully on board with all those words. So I lost it, like lost it. And I, I mean, just the rage was coming out of mm-hmm. my ears, okay? Sure. So I said, go over there and start breaking down those boxes, okay? Help a little bit. He looked at me, again, with a straight face, Dr. Boca. He didn't know what breaking down a box meant. He just didn't know. And to his, I don't even want to say defense, but I didn't know that that was something you had to teach someone how to do. Figure it out. You're a really, really smart kid. That cockamamie gifted bullshit that we did in elementary school. (laughs) Right? Right? Like I call bullshit now that maybe you're not that gifted. Okay? Figure it out and go to work. Okay? But then the coup d'etat of the entire... Well, there's one more and I'm saving the big one for the end. And then again, mic drop and I'm going to let you break it down. <laughs> I can't even, I After can't break all down the of box. this, he, <laughs> he looked at me and, and again, you know, listen, timing heals all because I can laugh at it now, but I assure you I was not laughing. The finale of the entitlement here, okay, how it started and how it's going is that he looked at me and he said, so mom, I guess you're not going to be up to making dinner tonight. <laughs> How did I know he was going there? I guess you're not going to be up to making dinner. I said, am I going to be up to making dinner tonight? I said, the only thing I'm going to be up for, my lovely child of mine, okay, is parole, okay? (laughs) Because I'm going to get arrested. I had absolutely lost my mind. They're going to arrest me for child abuse. I'm going to jail, all right? And then I'm going to be up for parole. No, I am not up to making dinner king of this castle. And it just... I needed to take a step back because sure. here I am really, really, there is zero entitlement on my part, working my unpolished ass off to get this house to be a home for these children and myself, okay? And really, really put all the TLC I can into it on top of the grit and the physical labor. Mm-hmm. And these children are living the life of Riley. You need to talk to us about this. And, and I know there's other people out there that have had the same scenarios. I've heard some great stories, which I would love to share. I don't know if I have permission, so I don't want to. I heard a brilliant one. One of my friends whose kids graduated high school this last week and some of the entitlement that goes along with graduation and gifts oh, and college yeah. and stuff. And so I intellectually, I know you hate it when I say intellectually, I know I'm not alone, but I am going to shut up now and I'm going to let you do your thang. I don't even know if I have a thang because I just had it with my kids who, again, you know, I will put it out there that I love them to pieces. They're the most important people in my life. But my daughter turned 13 this last week and she wanted a party because we weren't doing the mitzvah until my son catches up to her. And oh my goodness, if every detail wasn't exactly how she wanted it. And on top of that, reminder, I took her to Miami with her friends. For I remember. Yeah. Shopping and Sugar Factory and all of that and Woodwood and blah, blah, blah. So to me, the party was done. Right. Over. Right? Done. Finished. Voila. So since I would say 
I don't know, three months before Miami, I was getting pictures dropped to me every day in a shared album of all the things that she wanted. Now, when I was 13 years old, maybe I think I asked for a Swatch watch and my own telephone line, okay? Which, Mm -hmm. by the way, probably cost my parents $10 and not the $1,000 for the cell phone, right? And my daughter, I mean, if I could show you what it was, and every day, by the way, changing, so I would buy something. Yes. So I would buy something and then she would change her mind. And then I was like, well, too little, too late, honey. And me, like the dumb schmuck, went and bought the shit on her thing. Oh, I don't know. Lululemon shorts, Lululemon pants, like hundreds of dollars worth of Brandy Melville. And I don't know if you know Aviator Nation, but if you don't have a girl, you may not know it. But Aviator Nation sweatshirts that are cost more than like my own clothes cost. Okay. And then she said, "Blanket statement. Thank God I don't have a girl because exactly. I would be on parole. Actually, oh my I would be on parole. They would just no. They would no, there would be no, and, you are not eligible for parole, yeah, Rachel. Not eligible. So then, on top of all of this, okay, we do Miami. We do everything. She spends a fortune down in Miami because it was her special day. Yada yada yada. She comes in and she says, um, "I want this pair of Air Jordans." Those are like the trendy shoes now, okay? And I'm like, you have sneakers. You actually have three pairs of sneakers. And she's like, I know, mommy, but like, I, I really want a pair of Air Jordans. Like, I can wear them to the mitzvahs and they're great sneakers and they're like retro. So like, they're really cool. And I'm like, do you know how expensive they are? And I said, listen, I am happy to buy you a pair of them when your foot stops growing. But to buy them right now is like foolish. It's just like, pissing away money. It's the same thing with like the golden goose for those people who are living in this senility with me. So lo and behold, she finds... That's how it started. That's I'm scared how, it started. How, how it's going. <laughs> so she finds a pair that was like, to her credit, reduced. And like miraculously, she probably was like, oh, and mom, my foot stopped growing. Right. Yeah. Her foot did not stop growing. We were at the doctor today. She has not stopped growing. So... I bought it and I said... Of course you did. I did, right? Okay, like the dumb schmuck that I am. Okay, so you see, I'm like the psychologist and I still buy the crap, right? And so they come and I said, I'm putting them away for your birthday. And do you know what she says? She goes, mom, they're sneakers. That doesn't count as a birthday gift. Yeah, if you could only see Rachel's mouth right right now, okay? So I was like, are you kidding me? Like... I don't think in my lifetime I've owned a pair of shoes this... Well, okay, that's that's an exaggeration. At your age, I definitely didn't own a pair of shoes that expensive. So we wound up giving them to her because they were sneakers and not for her birthday. And shame on me, okay? And I was kicking myself because come her birthday party where she wanted 10 girls to come over after school. And if I show you the spread, which I might just post on our social media just for shits and giggles, I was told the exact cake I needed to make her. Okay, but let's also back up to say when you say her birthday party, even though a couple of weeks ago you had done the party. We had done so the party. you actually did get suckered into I got it to a, another celebration. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. And mind you, she's still having a mitzvah. Okay, like when she's 15, but she's still having one. It's not like, you know, it's unbelievable, right? Like I'll gladly pay you Tuesday Tuesday for for a hamburger hamburger. today. Absolutely, right? So I have these 10 girls who are lovely, but 10 13-year-old girls, okay? Everything had to be on display with 
cards, okay, like so little note cards, and of what all the items were, and the cake had to be exactly what she wanted, and she had color coordinated and and a theme, and uh, I mean, it was literally a small mitzvah, okay. And then she says to me, she's like all day long, she's like texting me from school, and she's like, "Can I come home now? There's nothing to do here. I'm bored." And I'm sitting here going, "I have just given up my entire." fucking day. Excuse me. I'm going to say fucking because I was pissed. Fucking day to plan your birthday. She's like, send me pictures so I can see. Did you do this? I'm like, you are not micromanaging this party. I couldn't even believe it. And she comes home and it was like, whatever I said, I got attitude for. Every single thing I said, everybody else there was treated like royalty. Now, by the way, she did eventually thank me for the party. But I said to her, never again. Shame on me. I created this disaster. Okay. I can tell you right now, and fortunately, my husband does not listen to my podcast regularly. I can tell you that her birthday parties... Oh, God. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was more... A mortgage think, payment. <laughs> a mortgage... Probably even more than a mortgage payment. Like, And shame on me that mm-hmm. I find myself... And shame on me. I know better. Like, I know better that that's not my job, nor my role as a mother. And shit stops now, honey, after I got a mirror put up to me. And I'm hoping that shit stops for you right now. We are not here to make our kids' lives happy. We are here, and my husband says it all the time. He's a better person than I am. What can I say? We are here to make our children better people than us. And we are here to make them good, upstanding citizens and humans and people so that they can be successful. And us trying to keep them from feeling disappointment or feeling like they have to work, quote unquote, or putting them in an uncomfortable position is doing nothing but weakening them, softening them, and is going to, in the long term, affect their ability to be those, those functioning adults. Okay, so I have a few comments I want to make. Number one, do you feel better that you just got that rant out? I mean, you know, a little bit, a little bit, yes, a little you, bit, yeah, okay. a little bit. Um, don't we num- all? Num- yes, no, I and I don't think you're alone either. I, I oh, think there no. is strength in numbers. That's number one. Number two, this is probably an appropriate time to just remind the listeners, um, as Doctor Boca, <laughs> I love when she gives her rants because it just it just normalizes her. But this is for her protection that this in no way is real therapy. We are, we are just breaking down wreckage of, of really just being two moms who feel as though our kids have us completely by the balls. And the we balls don't even that we have don't even balls. have. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's and number we two. love them. Disclaimer number right. 842. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer. Right? We, we love them more than children. anything. Um, but number three, and I'm not taking credit for this at all. It's something that I read, but it did kind of speak to me. And there's nothing so dramatically detailed about this. It's as simple as it gets, but sometimes we forget the simplest things really make the the biggest impact, which is something along the lines of when we put others first, right? What we're showing those others is that we put ourselves last. Last. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big, great debater. So when I read that, I was like, well, why does it mean it puts us last? How about it just doesn't put us first? And I think for me, the confusion in my parenting acumen or lack of at some points is that 
I do feel to some degree that it is my job to put them first it, relative to their health and their well-being and their safety and their this and their that because I'm their parent. It's I'm the adult, right? Right. And if I were to put myself first, does that then mean that I'm selfish or narrow-minded and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth? And I'm going to guess that maybe the name of the game here is this balance piece that I always struggle with. But it's difficult. And I don't know, I argue to whomever wrote that little piece or wherever I saw it, that I don't need to be first, but I don't want to be last. And the pecking order of who comes first, who comes second, who comes last, maybe it does depend on what the scenario is. It does. It it definitely does. I mean, I think every... You know, that's when people say, like, I treat my kids exactly even. You can't. I mean, some kids need more things at different times than other kids needed. And it's just the same with the relationships. I mean, you had mentioned earlier that with your next partner, you guys were going to make the relationship the priority. And that's what the French people do. And it seems to work culturally for the French people. I think it's important that when necessary, we do. We put our children first when it comes to the medical stuff or what their needs are. But I don't think we go in and rescue them. I don't think we give them too much. I think we have to teach our children moderation just the same way. Everything's a balance. I think they also need to see that the world does not revolve around them all the time, that there has to be room for another relationship, another group of people. You know, I was trying to teach my daughter about empathy with her brother the other day. And I'm sitting here going, of course, you have to put yourself in the shoes of your brother. You know, like that's basic human knowledge. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Have I really ever sat there and explained that to her? I would hope she learned it by watching us model it. But like sometimes we have to explain these things. And that was going to help her see that it's not all about her. She needs to, you know, put her needs to the side in order to help her brother and to understand what he's going through and her actions have consequences and his actions have consequences. So I really think it depends on the situation. But Just like Stephen Covey would say, you have to put your oxygen mask on yourself first Mm -hmm. before you can assist other people. Mm -hmm. It's the same. I mean, I guess JetBlue says that too, as do all the airlines. But you know what I'm trying to get at. We have to do that. And we have to put the, the focus on us sometimes. Because if we aren't taken care of and our needs aren't met and we're not happy and our tank is overflowing, I guess we can't help them. And they're going to need us to help them, not rescue them not solve all their problems, not let them sit on the couch while you're slaving away, get those kids up, get them involved, teach them responsibility. That's our job as parents. I have a question. And if I have the question, I wonder if other listeners out there have a question too. I presume our listeners have children in array of ages, right? A lot younger than ours who are preteen and teenagers and some who are older, college and even older than that. Is it ever too late, Dr. Roca? I know we probably have to wrap up the session, but I guess I should leave you with that question because my concern now is you're talking about all the things we should be teaching and we should be doing this and so on and so forth. I'm now thinking in my unpolished mind, like, oh God, have (laughs) I been napping for 15 years? I feel like (laughs) I'm so busy trying to parent, but have I been parenting all wrong? And is it too late? And please just answer the question by saying, no, of course not, Rachel. It's never too late. (laughs) Well, it's never too late to make your relationship better. That is for sure. And I think we all have to work on that. I think though that what's ultimately going to happen is that they are going to wind up on my couch one day. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I say this to all my patients. This is God's honest truth. I say this in therapy all the time. 
you might as well start the therapy fund before you start the college fund these days, right? Because all of our children are going to wind up on the couch. And the reason being is, well, besides the fact that mental health is not the stigma that it used to be, is we are doing the best we can, but there is no playbook. There is no rule book on how to be a parent. And so because of that, we, we try. We try to keep up and do what we're supposed to be doing and what all the books say and whatever. We're human beings. And look, I am probably more trained than the average folk. And I still, in that moment, get caught up in my own history. I've been in enough therapy. I should know what my past is, that I don't want to be putting it on my children. But those children, no matter how aware we are of our own shtick and our own crap, they can push our buttons and get us to go back to places that we didn't know existed anymore. And we have to own that. And and in the process of doing that, we will impact them. And it might mean that they're going to be on my couch. That said, it's never too late to build a relationship with your children. All right. Well, then that's probably a great spot to end this session. Kind of like how it started. We were both all amped up. And and how it's ending now is that it's never too late to try to make some tweaks and adjustments. And it's all a big game of learning. And if we continue to ask the questions and talk about it... Talking. um, That's huge. It's a win, right? We don't always have the answers. But if we continue to communicate and we share the wealth of knowledge... Or when I talk about the wealth of knowledge, for me, it is in this storytelling and to talk and get out some of these situations that kind of felt like a fail to correct on a go forward. Absolutely. And I also think if I just want to add one more thing, Rachel, I think the important thing is to have the ability to go back to your children and talk to them about the experience or what you experienced or what they experienced and process that with them. That's where the real learning takes place. And the real honesty and authenticity, if we go back to that, is that's when you're most authentic. And that's when they're going to realize, you know, we're all human beings and we're doing what we can together. And if we can keep that line of open communication, that we're going to have a much better relationship. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Boca. How it started and how it's going, everyone. Thanks for listening today. If you need us, if you want to chat, if you want to send us a note, if you want to, I don't know, pick a topic, um, let us know. Instagram at Unpolished Therapy, Facebook at Unpolished Therapy, I believe Twitter at Untherapy. I don't even know how to check Twitter, but someone <laughs> does, I suppose. Email, we are unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com, yes. which just a quick shout out. A couple people said that they had emailed us. So our bad. I don't even think I checked that. So we're going to get on that. Thank you for emailing us and shame on us for forgetting to check. Um, it's been <laughs> crazy here. technology. I know, I know. But it's always great to break down the wreckage. So everyone, we will see you next time on the corner of Audacity and Advice, where our wheels and yours will get spun upside down. This has been Unpolished Therapy. Thanks for playing with us today. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>